0: Man, you might not believe it, but I, I still talk to Jesus. Today, we're gonna talk about this, this idea of, of sin in our life and uh, this idea that we, we, we all have it. You know, sometimes in church, uh, we like to, to pretend that we have it all together. We like to fake this idea of a, of a perfect life so that we could fit into some religious ideology or this church-going perspective. Here's what the book of Romans says. It says this in chapter three. Catch this, it says, for everyone. Everyone, say everyone. 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 everyone is has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. See, sin, it it separates us from God. But I was thinking about this week, and track with me for a second, sin separates us from God, but it connects us to each other. And what I mean by that is we, we all have it. Like we all have sin. We all come up short. Some of it, some of us just fake it a little better than most. Come on, we've all got a mess at home. Some of us just clean before people come over and clean all the time. You know what I mean? Like it's still, we all make a mess. You ever been there before? Somebody knocks on the door, they're like, oh my gosh. The house is not ready for you, you cannot come in. <laughs> it, it doesn't happen as much anymore because we don't go to people's houses as much anymore. Have you ever been with somebody like, hey, let's go to lunch, you drive. You're like, oh dear God. <laughs> I'm not driving. Nobody can get in my car. No, nobody can see what this actually is looks like right now, and then you're like, I don't have a car here. You're gonna drive. hey, give me a couple seconds. I gotta get some things. And you're like shoving stuff under the seats. You're throwing things in the bushes. We all have stuff. Some of us just hide it better than others. Come on, breaking when you see a police officer. You know you're breaking the law. You know right now you are breaking the law. I got you. You're speeding. You're sinning. Well, I think six overs, I think that's actually God told me when I was preparing this week, like six or seven over, you're good. It's grace, (laughs) saves us, it sustains us. You probably won't get a ticket. Come on, it's, some of us just fake it better than most. here's, Here's the thought. I wrote this down. I don't wanna mess up. I'm gonna read it. For far too long, church has been a place where we feel like we have to have it all together. A place where we clean up, tuck in, get our junk together. A place where we put on the smile regardless of how we're feeling. What if we didn't do that? Not anymore, not here. What if church was actually a place where it was okay to hurt? A place for the the hurting and the forgotten, the lonely, a place that you didn't have to believe everything that everyone else believes to still belong. A place that made it possible for anybody to still talk to Jesus, a place that would do anything short of sin to, to reach people. And before, before we get any, any thoughts of like, why do we just sing about marijuana and cocaine and clubs and drinking in church, it's because it's biblical. Luke 15, the younger son who is lost, who is hurting, who is rebellious, it says he goes and he wastes all of his dad's money on wild living. What do you think wild living is? Yeah. We're just singing the Bible. Seriously, people are going through stuff. And far too often as Christians, we separate ourselves from lost people just because we are just faking it better than they are. Here's the thing. Here's the the thought for this. Stop faking your way through life and just make your way to Jesus and stop making everybody else fake it. The thought for today is that we separate from people because of their sin. No, our sin separates us from God, but it connects us to each other. I think we're called to have more sympathy and empathy and a perspective of helping the hurting as opposed to ostracizing them. That's what Jesus did. Luke chapter 19, let's go to God's word. Luke chapter 19, we're gonna read about a man who who found Jesus, a man who would have gone straight from the club, a man who would have been uh, living in sin. It says this, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. We're gonna come back to that a little bit later. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus, called him by name. He said, Zacchaeus, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down. It took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy, but the people, the people were displeased. He has gone to be a guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor. Lord, if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Jesus died for sinners. All have sinned and fallen short of his glorious standard. All of us are in need of his amazing grace. Here's my, my two goals for today. Let me, just, let me just put it out there. I wanna let someone know that regardless of what you have done, God loves you and that we believe in you. And then I wanna let someone else know that, that your righteousness is something you received and you never earned. So please, quit being a barrier to the gospel and start being a bridge for people to, to meet Jesus. Let's go back to the first two. Let's go verse by verse this morning. It so there was a man there named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. I wanna be very clear. We talked about this for a couple of weeks now because we're in this series uh, that there are some some people in in biblical times in this day and age that people hated. Zacchaeus would have been hated, despised. He would have been a thief. He would have stolen from them. He would have been the least of these. He would have been worse than an an animal or a pet or own property. They would have called him a a dog. He would have been awful. Maybe even worse, they would have called him a cat. You know what I mean? I just don't, (laughs) gotta always slip in a little cat joke. We love cats here at Action Church. We're not sure they're going to heaven, but we do love them. They, they can still talk to Jesus, but maybe not to, to us. That was funny. No. I'll scratch that one for later. Verse four. So he ran, let's read verse three. He tried to look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. We see here, Zacchaeus was curious. We don't have any Uh, biblical uh, definition or idea that his motives for going to find Jesus were were pure. Maybe he thought uh, Jesus would be the next ruler and he was trying to do some social networking, some business networking. Maybe he was trying to get in good with Jesus because Jesus had this reputation of, of, of crowds following him and Zacchaeus knew he could take more money when the crowds came. Who knows what his motives were? Maybe he was just curious. We don't know why he wanted to see Jesus. We don't know his motives. But what I found is it doesn't matter why you come into the presence of God, that when you come into the presence of God, things change. So we don't know Zacchaeus that he had this meeting on this road in his home because his motives were pure. And I don't know what brought you here to church today. Like, I don't know why you're here. Maybe you came here because you heard we have free lunch and we're gonna watch your kids for an hour after service at Action Steps. That's a good thing. Like, I would probably do that. There are some weeks that I would go somewhere just to get rid of my kids for an hour and a half or two hours, you know what I mean? And all the parents sending our kids back to school said, amen, like we love them, but go away for six or seven hours. Like, just give me a break. Maybe you're, you're here today at one of our locations, probably Oviedo. Maybe you came to impress a girl. Come on. If you're single and ready to mingle here and love the Lord, Oviedo location is where you need to be. Just say it. We're married. We, we have a marriage service there. Like just every single week, we just marry somebody. Maybe you're here today because you're in a, a relational discord. Maybe you're here today because you're in legal trouble. Maybe you're here today because you have a, an addiction. Maybe you have a drug problem. Maybe your problem is your mom drugged you to church today. You know, I was thinking this week, we sing about Drugs and church, and, and I was thinking, we judge some people's addictions while just hiding our own. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're like, hey, you, you drink too much. You smoke something. You take something, but we can't push the plate away. Wow. Wow. We, we judge somebody, and we can't turn the TV off. We just medicate differently. We judge somebody's addiction, but we can't get out of the office because the success and the affirmation that we receive in the office, we don't receive anywhere else, so we feed that approval addiction. We scroll every single day, seeing how many people liked it or commented or what they're saying about my my picture. We post the picture just for the affirmation. We all have addictions. Too many of us are, are faking our way through life medicating or hiding something. And then the worst part is we're judging people who sin differently than us. Jesus came to save everyone, not just good people. Not just the people, get this, whose sin we can tolerate. That's what our church exists for, that we, we had a, a dream that we would have millionaires sitting next to misfits. Like 12-year-olds next to 80-year-olds. If you're 80, you probably have earplugs for our music, we're sorry. We're probably gonna have a bunch of 55-year-olds that can't hear, but that's okay. We're meeting people where they are. Come on, we have a place where it doesn't matter where you come from, how much money you make, what the, the color of your skin, black, white, Latino, Asian, European, Australian, all of the above. A place where a hetero and a homo and a metro could all be in the same. Oh, come on, that's funny. Come on, religious or rebellious, Republican or Democrat, if you voted for Biden or Trump, like if you're wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, if you got a shot or you didn't get a shot, we have all of these things that separates us. Your sin separates you from God, but our differences and our mistakes should not separate us from each other because we all have them. And a place that we can create that regardless of your background or mistakes or failures or shortcomings, that you can still talk to Jesus here. That the church is a bridge to a relationship with God, not a barrier. Amen. And that we view people the way that God views them, through the, through the lens of love and grace and mercy. I wanna get practical for a few minutes today on how we create that type of place where, where everyone can still talk to Jesus. The first thing, write this down, on how we can create that place to, to reach people where they are and connect them to everything God has for their life, to, to see people the way God sees them. Write this down, is that we our job is we invite we invite people into this place. We invite people into this relationship with God. Verse five and six is when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quickly, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. He said, come down. He's saying, I, I must. I, I have to spend time with you. Like we, we need to spend some time together. He invited him to come down and Jesus He invites himself over to Zacchaeus' house. Come on, you know who you are, by a show of hands, how many of you were that kid growing up? You invited yourself over to somebody's house. My kids do it every single day, Bentley and Kingston, invite themselves over to the Rivera's every single day. It's because Pastor Eddie's way more fun than me, and I'm pretty sure they have way more snacks at his house, but they are leaving, They they are texting, can I come over? Jesus was bold. If we're gonna be a church that reaches people, we have to be bold. He said, hey bro, I'm coming over. I don't care what your house looks like, I don't care where it is, I don't care what's happening, I must come to your house today. He he invited himself over. And in Action Church, we just believe in the power of the invite. I believe Amen. firmly that our church has been built and will continue to be built on the power of an invite because people, people are looking for what you and I have. That's right. That's right. First off, I think we need to fall in love with Jesus. I think we need to live a life. Worthy of asking questions. Why are you different? Why are you focused on different things? And then invite them into the same relationship that changed our life. Studies show year after year that over 80% of people, just secular people, business people, people in your office, people on your your street, they would come to check out church if you just invited them. Not that you gave them a five-point sermon. Not that you answered all our theological questions, just that you acknowledged they existed and invited them into something that changed your life. Can you think about how selfish it is for a second that we would receive something like salvation and then never tell anybody about it? We gotta invite. He He says, you must invite me over, you must allow me. You must, you must, I think we should start being a little more bold with our invite. Not like, hey, man, if you ever think about, on Sundays, if you're ever, you know, just if you're not busy, you don't know, have anything going on, not in football season, like not in, they, just whenever you could come. No, like, like you must come and, and see what God is doing in my life. You must come and see what, what God is doing in, in our church. You, like you, you must, like you should. We have a, a saying here, it uh, actually, like you should. Because when you tell somebody they should, they have to think of a reason why they shouldn't. Hey, you should come with me. Uh, Not not asking if you're free, you should. I'm gonna meet you there, what time? Like, well, I'm kind of busy. Well, we have three services, so you can't be busy all morning every Sunday. That's not possible. (laughs) Come on. Football games start at one when the NFL starts. We'll be there. We've got a 9.15 service. I'll pick you up at 8.45. I'll meet you there. I'll be here with a cup of coffee, knocking on your door. Like you, Jesus, Jesus did not give Zacchaeus an option. He didn't say, hey, Zach, what if I came by later this week? He said, come down, I'm going to your house. We're going to your place. You must come and see. See, God has been seeking people throughout eternity, throughout the beginning of time. When Adam sinned in the garden, God sought him out. Where are you? Didn't leave him in his sin, he sought him out. He went looking for him. The Spirit of God walks and looks for him. The Spirit of God sought out Zacchaeus that day. In a crowd, sitting in a tree, who knows his motives, we know his character, the Spirit of God had a divine appointment for him that day. And the Holy Spirit, the reason you're here today hearing this message at one of our locations or online is because Jesus is passing by your tree today. Come on. And he's saying like, come down, I, I, want, I want to be in relationship with you. You and I, our job, our job is to invite people into that relationship. Jesus had a whatever it takes mindset to his ministry, and we believe the same thing here at Acts Church. We must be people that invite. Here's the second one. We we must be people that invest. We invest. Write that down if you're taking notes. We invite and we invest. Here's verse seven. It says this, but the people were displeased. He had gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Go back to verse six real quick. It says, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement He had gone to be a guest. He had a meal. Jesus did not just fly by and say, God bless you. Jesus loves you. Me being Jesus, first person, I love you. He did not do that. He said, no, I'm gonna spend some time. So it's not just an invite. We gotta invest in people's lives. Sometimes it's gonna take some time. Sometimes it's gonna take some investment. Sometimes it's gonna take some resources. Sometimes it's gonna be in some uncomfortable surroundings. It may not be at church. We reach people where they are. We have to go to where. They are, we invest. And there's a line right here that I wanna camp out on for just a second. Said he'd gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. That's a common theme. If you look back Luke 15, Luke 18, and now Luke 19, Jesus in in these three chapters talks about reaching notorious sinners. The Bible three different times talks about despised tax collectors and notorious sinners. Why? Because Jesus came to seek and save those that are lost. Matthew, Zacchaeus, the despised tax collector in Luke 18, the, the lost son in Luke 15. Did you know that Jesus was telling the story, the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son? Did you know that was a, a common parable in, in Jewish culture, that it would have been just about the younger son? There was a parable told about a younger son who wasted his money on wild living and the father restored him. It was a common story. And it says in the beginning of Luke 15 that there were a group of Pharisees that came around, religious leaders. And it's it's believed that Jesus added the younger son, He he added the older son, the religious son at the end of the story just to make a point to the Pharisees and the religious leaders that hey, this is you. Like I'm reaching the younger son who, who wasted all the money in, in wild living. When he comes home, the father throws a party if you're not familiar with the story and the older brother has a problem that the father is celebrating because the older brother had been there the whole time. Can we never be the older brother that Jesus is talking to? Can we never be the relig- religious leaders that have it all together on the outside and yet we're judging what everybody else is doing? He added it to make an example of how not to be. Something else I found interesting in the story is is the older brother and the prodigal son talks to the father and says, "Your, your younger son has been wasting all of your money on wild living. The crazy thing that I didn't catch for years is that the older brother knew where the younger brother was the whole time in the story. He wasn't lost. He was lost in his sin, but he wasn't lost in his place. His brother knew where he was and he did nothing to help him, but he judged him when he came back. And far too often the church has sat on the sidelines and boycotted things and stood for things and separated, separated ourselves from sinful people. How can we reach people that are lost if we're never around people that are lost? (laughs) Jesus wasn't afraid of smelling like sin. Have you ever been to a restaurant, come on, where you smell like it? I feel like if you walk in like a subway, you smell like subway for a week and a half. You know what I mean? Somebody gets fajitas at your table, you smell like a fajita for a month. You might as well throw that shirt away. You know what I mean? Come on, you've been in a place where you you walk out and you smell like it. You're like, I I smell like Taco Bell. I smell like Disney, a, a great smell, good smell or bad smell, maybe a spa. I smell, you smell like it. Jesus was not afraid of smelling like sin. He wasn't afraid of hanging out with some people that was like, hey, and you know what else, he didn't, he didn't rationalize it and he didn't, uh, he didn't explain it. Like he just went and met with Zacchaeus. He wasn't walking in the house like to the rose, hey, I'm just trying to win him to the Lord. I'm not, I'm not gonna do anything wrong. I'm just, I'm gonna go in the house, but I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna sit, I'm gonna stand, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell him like it is. No, he just went and loved Zacchaeus where he was. So many of us are are focused on our own self-righteousness that we lose the perspective of people that are lost and hurting. Jesus wasn't afraid of smelling like sin. I thought about this week. He, He loved in the gray because he lived in black and white. So let me be very clear. God's not calling us to live like the world, but he is calling us to live in the world. And so we've got to be very careful with our relationship with God and our own character integrity and our own purity that we do live a, a life that is black and white in our own character. And when we live black and white, it allows us to go love people in the gray. Amen. Amen. That's good. He didn't explain it, he just went to where he was. I was thinking about it this week. You know why religious people hate radical life change? Because they can't explain it. It makes way more sense when you grow up in a Christian home. You've been in church for a while, you've got everything together. When you're call yourself a Christian, it doesn't make sense when somebody comes straight from the club and gives their life to the Lord. It doesn't make sense when you're, when you're doing drugs one day and then you're clean the next day. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense when you fall back in to sin a little bit and you're like, I, I made a mistake. You, you just get back up and, and try again. The church, like, no, you're done. No, you're not done. Just need a breather. They have a problem with radical life change. They also had a problem with Jesus' methods. They wanted to wait for Zacchaeus to come to the synagogue. They did not want to go to where he was. And so our methods have to be diverse to reach a diverse group of people. We believe that life change happens in the presence of God. And the presence of God is in our auditoriums every single week. The presence of God is on... Uh, through our action online, the presence of God is at every Serve Saturday when we give gas away and pray for people at the gas pump. The presence of God is at every uh, outreach project that we do at a high school campus or at UCF. Like the, the presence of God is there in every Facebook uh, marketing campaign. You know why? Because we're introducing them to Jesus. We're introducing them to Jesus. Whatever it takes. Action Church, what, what is keeping you from reaching people that Jesus died for. What's the barrier? What's in the way? We ask God to give us opportunities to invite people and invest in their life. And here's why, here's the third one, so that we can introduce them to Jesus. We invite, we invest, and we, we introduce. Here's the, here's the thought here, we introduce verse eight and nine. It says this, meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord, and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. Lord, if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. When we sing a song like this, and we, we, we preach a message like this, we get the emails and we get the questions, and they're valid. What about morality? What about disciplines? What about values and discipleship? Doesn't doesn't somebody need to show a changed life? How How can Jesus pronounce Zacchaeus saved in that moment? First off, because he's God. And you and I are not called to judge people's salvation. But, you're right. If we are saved, we should look different. We should live differently. It should be obvious to everyone. People should not have to guess. But the grace that saves us also sustains us in this life, and it continues to change us and shape us and mold us. But it happened to Zacchaeus as well. See, the Pharisees and the religious people would have said, he needs to change before he can come to church, or be religious. And the gospel is not that, the gospel is that Jesus changes us, and it does for us what we could never do on our own. And it makes a difference. Like God's ways are higher than our ways. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Let me prove it to you. Leviticus chapter six gives us, yeah, we're going to old school for a second, we're gonna go all the way in. We're talking about cocaine and Leviticus in the same message. You're welcome, you're welcome. Levitical law, Levitical law, Leviticus 6. Zacchaeus would have been responsible for returning 120% of everything he'd stolen. If you steal something, you pay it back 120%. The law mandated 120%. He meets Jesus and he says, I'm going to give back 400%, four times. Because a change that comes from Jesus is not a change that you can explain. It's not a change that is rational. Grace always supersedes the law. Grace always supersedes religion. Four times versus 120. It's not just this idea that we are, we are saved and we live the same. No, what this story shows us is when we're really saved, we really change. And that one afternoon, one moment, one encounter with Zacchaeus on that road with Jesus changed his life forever. But pastor, he's gotta change first, stop. Stop separating yourself from the world by judging their sin and just invest a little bit of time. But what about the truth? What i found is a little bit of grace makes room for a whole lot of truth in people's life. And we wanna start with truth and we wanna start with what we think and we wanna start with our opinion. Your opinion is not gonna save anybody. Nobody cares but they care about how you make them feel, and they care about what you invest in their life. So we pray for an opportunity, we invite, we invest, we introduce, and then we get to verse nine and 10, it says salvation has come to Zacchaeus's home. When we do that, when we invite, invest, and introduce, we give people an opportunity to meet the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I wanna transition from somewhat yelling at church people today. I'm talking to myself too. I have the same thoughts. Come on, I have the same disagreements. I have the same judgmental mindset when I see people that I disagree with, morally, ethically, politically. But it's just not as important as their eternity. And I wanna transition, because I wanna talk to that first group and let someone know that that Jesus really does love you. For some of you, it's, you've never heard this gospel message, but, but some of you, you've just traded in a relationship for religion, and I just, I wanna remind you how much Jesus loves you. Verse 10, the Son of Man came to seek and to save those that are lost. If you picture this before in your mind, I, when I read the Bible, I try and put myself in the story or picture it, Zacchaeus, remember the song, was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. So he climbed the tree. It would have been a big crowd. And as the crowd got got bigger and it, it surrounded Jesus, Zacchaeus rationally, practically, would have thought, I have to climb higher. I gotta climb higher in this tree. I've gotta work and try more. I've gotta get higher so that I can see Jesus. Jesus talking to Zacchaeus, saying, hey, Quit climbing and come down. I thought about this this week. When we climb higher, we always fall short. See, Zacchaeus was too short. Verse four, you gotta get this. In his sin, he was too short. He was always gonna fall short of God's glorious standard. He would never measure up. But in his climbing, in his own self-righteousness, he would always be too far from the heart of God. And he says, quit climbing, just come down. What in your life are you striving and climbing for? And you think it's getting you higher. You think it's getting you a better perspective. You think it's making you more successful, more, 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 more moral, more whatever you fill in the blank, more fulfilled. And really it's just carrying you further and further away from the person and the presence and the relationship with Jesus. We don't climb higher, we come down. We don't lead, we we follow. You say, Pastor, you read about Zacchaeus, you don't know, you don't know my story. When we're singing that song earlier, that is me. Like I'm really lost. That's why Jesus in three chapters says notorious sinner. He's not talking to little sinners. Your sin does not intimidate him. The enemy, the enemy calls you and labels you and reminds you of your sin. That's not the Lord. Jesus did not look up. Zacchaeus was a notorious sinner, verse 10. Verse seven through 10, he's a notorious sinner. He did not look up and say, hey Zacchaeus, you thief. You notorious sinner, you scum. He said, hey, Zacchaeus. He called him by name. Do you know what Zacchaeus' name means? It means righteous one. Jesus, talking to a tax collector, a notorious sinner, an addict, doing some lines, smoking some marijuana, sleeping around, doing all the things you fill in your sin. He looks up and says, hey, righteous one, there was nothing righteous about him. There's nothing righteous about you or about me. But he speaks to who he could be, to who he's created to be. And he says, come down. Stop climbing, stop searching, stop running. I want to be in a relationship with I'm coming over. Here's my question for us as we close this week three. I believe Jesus is calling. Some of you are climbing. Some of you are running. And he said, hey, I want to come over. My question to you this morning is, what's your response going to be? Is it to open the door and share a meal and start a relationship with Jesus? Or is it to keep doing exactly what you've been doing? My second question is question is, if the answer is, is I don't think I'm ready, how's it been going? Zacchaeus didn't know what he needed, but he knew that he needed something different. And I just want to ask you how, how your methods and your striving and your climbing and your running, how's how's it going? And what if God brought you here today in Winter Park, Oviedo, Sanford, South Orlando, and you're living right. What if he brought you today? Because Jesus is walking by and said, I have a better way, I have a better plan. You're not an addict, you're not broken, you're not done. You're Zacchaeus, you're the righteous one. Not based on what you've done, based off what I did. I have a gift for you, I'd like to give it to you. It's a relationship with me. All you have to do is open up your heart and receive it. Let's do that today at all of our locations, every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's give God that opportunity to meet us right where we are. Come on, Zacchaeus did not wake up that day planning on changing his life, changing his ways. He definitely didn't plan on waking up that day and giving away all his money. But he met Jesus, and it changes everything. And I can't promise you a lot in this life. I can't promise you what's gonna happen, but I can promise you that you will never regret trusting Jesus. You'll never regret the relationship that you were designed to be in. Our sin separates us from God. That's why he sent his son, Jesus, to live a perfect life, to die a sinner's death in your place to be resurrected to give us power. The Bible says in Romans that if we'll confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that he is Lord, that he will enter in, giving him control. What if you did that today? Come on, he is walking by and I don't know if it's your your sin that you're you're coming up short or it's your self-righteousness that you're climbing and you feel religious. I'm just asking both camps today, both people today to look down and see that Jesus is here and that a relationship with him can and will change everything about you and your future. So let's do it, I wanna give you the opportunity to make that decision today, to come down, to climb down and to invite Jesus into your life. If that's you today for the very first time, or you, you've been religious, you've settled for a form of religion, but, but you wanna come down off of your, your ladder your tree, and you want to be in a personal, authentic, intimate relationship with Jesus. So basically it's for the first time ever or it's a recommitment today. If that's you, what all of our locations watching online, would you raise your hand right where you are saying, I, I, I wanna come down, I wanna start a relationship with Jesus. I got one, two, three, four, five here, six in the, in the stadium, got you in the middle, proud of you. Yeah, in the back, yep. Come on, Sanford. Oviedo at Haggerty High School right now, South Orlando or maybe you're worshiping online with us, just lift your hand. Say, I need Jesus. I'm gonna come down from this thing that I'm doing. I'm gonna follow him. I'm so proud of you. If that's you today and you raise your hand, you can put them down. Why don't you pray this in your heart as I pray it out loud. Say something like this. Say, God, I love you, and God, I thank you. I thank you for saving me. Today, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I'm saved only by your grace. And I am confessing with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that you are the Lord and I'm giving you that place today, complete and total control. God, have your way in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And God, I pray for all of us today. God, I pray this message would would change us. give us a, a bigger picture, a bigger perspective of your love for us first and then, out of the overflow of that loving relationship, allow us, allow us to see people different. Let us follow your example this week. Let us invite, invite people to church, invite people to small group, invite people into a relationship so that we can introduce them to Jesus. Let us invest our time in things that really matter, like people's eternity. And God. Once we do that, let us point them to the only relationship that can change their life. We're gonna introduce them to Jesus. Give us practical ways to do that this week. We love you. We praise you in this place. Everybody at Action Church said amen. And amen, church. Can we celebrate all the decisions? Come on, really celebrate them.